I like my clients to be thoughtful about how do you want to project yourself in certain situations because there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to being a good leader. This is the Level Up Together podcast, a place to talk about building better relationships, leveling up your business and life, and living a life you've always wanted. While it's not easy, it's definitely worth it. So if that sounds like your sort of thing, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tasha Baird-Miller, and this is Level Up Together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another Level Up Together podcast. If you are new, welcome to our community. If you are a regular, welcome back. I'm super excited to share that I have a few openings available in my elite high-performance coaching experience. In my elite high-performance coaching experience, we cover topics like gaining clarity and vision, improving productivity and energy, leading with purpose, and mastering your resilience. If you're ready to level up your life and business, book your free discovery call today at theredtulip.com. Now, let me share some insight into today's episode. Are you an ambitious leader ready to level up your business and life? Do you struggle with your assertiveness and confidence? Do you want to identify your unique leadership talent and boost your confidence so you can increase your productivity and performance? Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jennifer Chapman, a former leader at a Fortune 500 consulting firm. She was known as the go-to person for getting things done and managing the most difficult clients. Now, she's a leadership coach, working with STEM managers and leaders who want to increase productivity and performance by strengthening their confidence and people skills. In this episode, we talk about how to become a confident leader, how self-awareness empowers you to become a better leader, why feedback is an important tool to help you see the core areas you need to improve and grow as a leader, how great leaders can be a role model to help you create your own personal leadership style, and why it's important to identify your unique leadership talent to help boost your confidence. I had so much fun speaking with Jennifer, and I'm confident you'll get some great takeaways from our conversation. Now let's dive into this episode. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the Level Up Together podcast. Hey, Tasha. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. So you are a leadership coach focused on helping business leaders increase their productivity and performance by strengthening their confidence and people skills. Can you tell us about your coaching business and expertise? Yes, I'd love to. So I am a (laughs) recovering workaholic and used to work. I actually worked for a lot of different organizations, spent the most time at a Fortune 500 consulting firm. And I learned so much there about working with difficult personalities, about confidence, uh, what a leader, good leader looks like and what a good leader doesn't look like. And uh, it was a really rewarding educational experience in a lot of ways. And then, but I hit this point where my work-life balance was completely out of whack. I started having health problems and I thought, you know, I want to start my own business and I loved coaching and was already doing that at the consulting firm. And I thought, I'm going to do it and I'm also going to do it within an organization I create that practices what it preaches. 
and I have loved it. It's been just a really great journey, and I feel like as a coach, I'm able to empathize with a lot of my clients who are burnt, burnt out or feeling unappreciated or have confidence in their abilities but aren't quite seeing that translate into respect from the people around them. So I, I love working with my clients to help them have that authentic confidence and also to look at what's getting in their way and how to overcome it. That's awesome. I love hearing from entrepreneurs, um, kind of their story and background because their, um, business is usually born out of something that they were trying to heal or change within their own, um, self and, um, and then teach others how to do the same. And so, uh, thank you for sharing that. I also love that you said, you know, what a good leader looks like and what a leader who needs some development looks like. So, Talk to us about what you think the critical components of a strong leader are. Well, one thing I've noticed with leaders is confidence is essential. But what is interesting is there is like a true authentic confidence. But then there's also like a fake confidence. (laughs) And the thing is, when people try to project confidence and they don't really feel it inside of them, it comes across like aggression. I think we've all had different circumstances in our lives where we feel like someone just comes off way over the top on um, just how how they show up. And and I would say in 99% of those cases, it's somebody who's overcompensating for a lack of internal confidence. So like they have something to prove to the world. So the the first step, I think, in a good leader is to do reflection on how did you get to where you're at and looking at past success stories. I've even sometimes with clients, I have them as a homework assignment, do some journaling and actually list times in their career or their personal lives where they have had a challenge, they solved it and had some kind of an impact or result. And then look back at that log often and remind yourself that, hey, look, I've done all these things and that's how I got to where I am now. And then also to be willing to look at what are your development areas and those who think, well, I've got it covered or, you know, I've made it. I don't need to worry about my growth anymore um, are usually the ones that turn out to be the not so good leaders. So, you know, to be willing to find those blind spots and be open to getting feedback. One, one bit of feedback I got from a former direct report is I gave her some feedback on some things she'd done that weren't quite up to par with what I had been expecting. We had a good conversation about it. And then I asked her at the end of the conversation, is there anything I could do to be a better boss? And I caught her completely off guard. She said she'd never had a boss ask that before. And I, it opened up a really great dialogue with us. And there were times she told me some things that I didn't really want to hear. But as I opened myself to that feedback and addressed those things, it did truly make me a better leader. And our relationship was one of just so much trust and respect for each other. So it's nice to have those relationships where you feel like people can hold up that mirror to you and help you see what are the areas where you can 
do a little bit better. Yeah, I think um, I always uh, tell my, uh, the people that I work with that feedback is a gift. Um, and you, you can't really make changes unless you hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you do have to be ready to accept the feedback and then action it. And it does take a really strong person, someone who is comfortable in their own skin, to really um, hear the feedback and take it um, with the um, expectation that it's, it's to make you a better person and to help you grow um, and evolve. Um, and that comes with a level of confidence, right? Absolutely, yes. Another thing that is helpful when you think about good leaders is um, to look, about, look around you and think of your current position and past jobs that you've had and who have been the leaders that you've admired? Who are the leaders that you were loyal to and would have done anything for? And start thinking about what made them great. And there was one leader in particular at that consulting firm I was at. And what I liked about her, she was one of few women at her level in the organization. She was also quite petite and short. And, and so in a lot of ways, you could see her get passed over, right? Because she didn't have a big, you know, presence necessarily, or certainly a large stature, and she was a woman, and yet she commanded this amazing respect in other people. She was smart, and she knew it. She was also humble and very receptive to collaborating with other people. And I would say most of the time, she just evoked respect in others. And then there were some times that people would cross a line with how they treated her, how they treated her team. And when that happened, boy, did she get direct and let people know about it. And I think what made her the, the most powerful leader and among one of the best leaders I've seen is she was really adept at adapting her style to the situation or the audience. So for example, for her high performers, she was very friendly, very empathic, supportive, and gave them all kinds of bandwidth to do what they wanted, how they wanted, because there was that element of trust. But then there were also people who tried to minimize her, take advantage of her, ignore her. And in those, excuse me, those situations, she was very direct and firm and no nonsense. And I like my clients to be thoughtful about how do you want to project yourself in certain situations because there's not a one-size-fits-all approach to being a good leader. Hmm. That's a great story and a great example of two things, really. One is, um, and I say this to uh, the emerging leaders that I work with um, at my company all the time, is that um, to be your true authentic leader and to get to the leadership style that works for you, it's really important for you to watch um, how other leaders uh, perform in different scenarios and then take the best of um, what you see and shape your own leadership style. Um, so I love that you, you started with that. And I also like that you uh, shared that it's important to adapt your leadership style to your audience um, because it's not one size fits all and it never will be. Um, but a really good leader is able to, um, you know, be flexible and adapt to the people that they're working with. Yes, definitely. So um, can you talk a little bit about 
when you work with um, business leaders, how you help to assess where they're at in their leadership and then um, develop assertiveness and confidence in a way that is authentic and not overpowering? Yes, so I worked with a leader a little over a year ago and this actually is a pretty common scenario. She worked in a tech-oriented firm and she got promoted to a leadership position among her peers. And to make it even more interesting, she, uh, one of her peers had applied for the job as well. I think actually two of them had. And so she had gotten selected, but then, and then one who didn't get selected was disappointed and supportive of this woman who did get it. But then there was a gentleman who was passed over and he was so upset and almost vengeful about her. And so she came to me because she said, you know, this guy is taking every opportunity to try to undermine my authority and he would act out in meetings and sometimes take over meetings or if she was meeting with someone else in the organization and he was at that meeting, he would like move the attention over to him and start like hijacking the meeting. And she was really caught off guard by the behavior and she would freeze. And she came to me and said, okay, I've, I've got to figure out how to deal with this because it looks like it's not going to go away. And, and it, it was interesting because in some ways you could look at the problem and say, well, it sounds like this guy is a jerk. There's not much you can do about that. Uh, but I have a very, I have a philosophy of empowerment and there's always something you can do about it. And so we looked at her own confidence. I, I said, this is a time for you to think about, are you sure you are the right person for this job? Do you have the competency? Do you have, you know, what it takes as a leader? And at first she, I think, was a little timid about at owning that, but over the course of a few sessions, she really came to see what she brought to the table and why she was selected over the other two people for this position. And as soon as she could get behind that and be confident about having that role, the way she showed up completely changed. And she started commanding respect at those meetings. And when this guy started to pull his antics, she would just cut him right off and move it right back and, and take that power back. And it said like the first time she did it, he was so surprised. <laughs> he didn't even know how to react and was quiet the rest of the meeting. And then um, it, it, the behavior happened a few more times, but she said after really, you know, standing up for herself and taking the reins as that leader, he eventually got to a place where he accepted her as the leader. Now, they didn't, run, you know, right off into the sunset, or go have drinks after work or anything. They're certainly not friends, but they've come to a place where they can have a, a positive working relationship that helps get the work products done and get them well and he sees her as the authority figure. So it's funny how much the situation changed just by her working internally on how she saw herself 
And then after that, the external impacts on her happiness, on this other guy's behavior, and then the cohesiveness of the whole team improved. Hmm. So I want to raise an interesting point that you've said now a couple of times in your uh, in our conversation, and that is um, that oftentimes leaders don't recognize the skill set and the capability that they bring to their leadership role, and that holds them back from truly leading in an authentic and confident way. Um, and and so I want to ask you, why do you think? Um, others see someone's leadership capability and even promote and advance them to the role, but the person who's in the leadership role um, doesn't recognize their own skill set and capability. I believe it's because the person in the role, when we get into like stuck in our own heads, we we don't have a point of comparison. Um, I, I still do it as a coach. Sometimes it takes a client to point out something that they liked about working with me for me to go, oh, I thought everybody did that. It, mm-hmm. You know, we don't always know what is unique about us um, if we're not actively looking for those differences. Whereas a person, you know, a, a more senior leader who's looking at who to promote, they're comparing. And, and there's a time and a place for comparison. And that's one of them when you're looking at who to hire into a particular position. And so they're able to more objectively see how people present themselves, what accomplishments they've made. And something that's unfortunate is some of our best leaders are so good at what they do because they're humble. And, and so those people are going to have a harder time positioning themselves for promotions because they're like, oh, I don't want to brag about myself. I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know, arrogant or overconfident. But there's got, the, there's got to be this balance because if you don't own that confidence and if you don't tell people about what you're accomplishing, then you're not going to get noticed and people aren't going to be aware of what you can do. So you've got to find a way to get comfortable. And one way you can do that is not necessarily uh, talking about what you've accomplished, but talk about what you have accomplished with your team. And then it doesn't feel so much like bragging, but you're on behalf of a whole team saying, hey, this is what we were able to do together. And then people can look at that and recognize, oh, and you were the leader of that team. Therefore, you get credit for these things that you're talking about. Yeah, I love that. The, uh, the value and impact that a team makes, um, and when you can talk about that, really speaks loudly uh, and um, obviously goes back to leadership. Yes. And one thing, whether it's on a resume or in a you know, performance, I know some organizations have employees write their own um, like performance appraisal or something, you know, like a self-assessment. And I highly recommend the format that you use when you're talking about accomplishments is, and I mentioned this earlier, describe briefly, like in one sentence, what was the situation and what was the problem specific to the situation? How did you solve it? And what was the result? 
And when you talk about results, the more you can quantify, the better. So instead of saying, you know, we made such and such process easier. Uh, so how it used to take this process, how many minutes? And now you've made it so the process takes this many minutes. Or you got, you know, that used to be 41% of people would respond to whatever requests and you increase that to 60%. The more you can quantify and use data, the more credibility you will get for what impact you have on your company, on the customers, on your team, and all, you know, data speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So it's a good lead in um, to what types of programs or courses do you offer either at a individual level or a team level to support the work that you do with leaders and managers? Well, I, definitely everybody is unique. Um, but that said, there are a few tools that I like to use that I've found pretty broadly helpful. One of them is an emotional intelligence assessment and it's a professional assessment, it's valid and reliable, and it's the EQI 2.0 published by Multi-Health Systems. And what I love about that tool is it lists 16 different components to emotional intelligence, which when I first learned of the tool, I thought, there's 15? Like, wow, <laughs> I was really surprised. And then uh, when I have my clients take this self-assessment, the results then are compared to this sample size and you can kind of play with who you're being compared to but you see that compared to this other sample size of people you show up strong or you show up not so strong in these 15 different elements or sometimes you're like off the chart strong and then you have another issue of am i overdoing this and it's a great starting point to find some of those blind spots for my clients and see what can we do? Like, for example, I did the assessment recently with somebody and they scored super high in independence. And that alone isn't a concern. I mean, a lot of people excel at working individually and like working by themselves more than they like collaborating with others. That's not the issue. But then I noticed on his report that his interpersonal communication and his empathy were very low. And when I see that kind of combination, then I start getting concerned because then if the person isn't collaborating or working with other people to get different perspectives, other ways of doing things, um, and being having that sense of team, then then it's like they're on this island and isolated and missing out on opportunities to grow and create even better and better work products. And so that's what we coached around is, you know, why, why, how had he become so independent? What were the good aspects of having that level of independence? And then where might he have some missed opportunities? And if he were to do more interpersonal collaboration, what would the impact be on him, his work and his organization? Um, so that that's that tool I have found just to be incredibly valuable. And then I also, I think one constant in the work that I do is I'm, I'm big on homework assignments, especially self-awareness activities. And so 
for example, I was working with a client recently who had gotten some feedback that suggested maybe she wasn't being respectful enough to the senior leaders around her. And, and it was a very vague comment. She's like, I don't even know what to, <laughs> what to do this, what this means. I think I treat everybody respectfully. I, I don't know where this is coming from. And so what I suggested she do is over the next couple weeks to have a little notepad. And, and one thing that's great with virtually in our current circumstances is you can take little notes without anybody even knowing what you're doing on the side. And she is going to keep track of when she's in a meeting and she speaks to then pause and gauge the reaction of the other people on the video conference and look for facial expressions and body language and 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 then so note that down and then what did you just say or do before you got that kind of reaction and then again it's it's back to data and she will then be able to see oh yeah i could see times where people maybe negative reacted, negatively reacted to what I said. Or she might come back and say, you know what, I, I didn't get a sense of that. And then, you know, we can look at different ways to see if we can understand what, what the problem is. But I, I think it's really important for people to have a journey of discovery rather than me just saying, well, hey, you need to work on X <laughs> to help the, own, help the individual hold up that mirror and start seeing themselves, okay, these are the things that are getting in my way. Yeah, that's a great tool. I love that self-awareness aspect um, to the way in which you do your work with others because sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing um, or how we're coming across to others. But when we get an inkling of feedback that would give us direction to say, just pause and, and monitor and, and um, evaluate what you're doing, um, it's the small things that can really make a difference in evolving your overall leadership. So that's a great tool. So, so tell me, um, where do you get your inspiration from? Wow. <laughs> that's such a great question. Um, I would say my inspiration, a lot of it comes from my religious beliefs. And I, and just me being centered on who I am, what I feel my purpose in life is, and how, how I want to be remembered. And, you know, sometimes I, I even will ask my clients to pretend they're, you know, fast forward however many years and you're at your retirement party. What do you want people to be saying about you? And when I ask myself that question I know I think about I I hope people say that I was a good listener that I was there for them when they had a problem or a challenge that I looked for ways to show love and service to the people around me and it really balances me out because I'm a total type a personality so um <laughs> so having that people focus helps me to remember, okay, those, these are the things that are truly important to me. And then I try to line up those values with the work that I'm doing and, and inspire me in how I want to help others show up differently. Yeah, 
Your response tells me that you've done a lot of um, inner reflection and that you are self-aware and you've developed this balanced confidence. Um, and so your inspiration really comes within the own, your own work that you've done. Absolutely. That's great. And, and I'd say, you know, for me, I've had a journey of, um, I've worked with therapists, I've worked with coaches, I still work with coaches, um, and I change who I work with at different times because I've wanted to grow and learn in different ways. And and so for me, it's been a journey that I've chosen to go through with other people and with a lot of support. And if there are people listening right now who feel stuck or feel like that those challenges in front of you just aren't surmountable to ask yourself like what kind of support system can I put in place so that I feel that confidence and that strength that I can do anything and it, it might be a friend it might be a family member or a partner uh, it could be a coach uh, it could be a therapist you know you you would have to really do some thinking about what you want to change and what uh, who would be the best suited to do that? But I'm a big advocate of having people of support close by in your life. So do you ever use books as a uh, opportunity to learn and grow? And if so, what is one book that you'd recommend for the leaders that are listening? Um, I do use books. I don't use them, them a whole lot with clients because a lot of people say they don't have time to read a book. So I do a lot with articles. But I would say um, a must read for everyone is a, it's a Harvard Business Review article and it's called Managing Your Boss. And it's fantastic uh, if you are in an organization where you have people above you and below you and laterally to you, it's a great read and helps you just think of in different perspectives, helps you put yourself in the shoes of those who are more senior to you. And it serves two purposes. One is it can be a powerful tool to help you strengthen the relationship that you have with your boss. And secondly, if you're looking to move up, it will show you what you're going to need to shift in your mind and your perspective to assume a position of greater authority. Mm, that sounds really interesting. I'm definitely going to have to look that up and I will include um, that article in the show notes so people can easily link to it. Great. Yeah. So I created um this Level Up Together podcast so that I could um, stimulate connection and community amongst women who are ready to level up their business and life and we're looking for strategies and support uh, from like-minded women on how to have it all. And so I'm curious, when you hear the words level up, what does that mean to you? I, well, I think about a video game. I've got more boys in this household than I can count sometimes. <laughs> um, my husband and three boys who love playing video games. And so when I think about leveling up, you know, I think about like in a video game, how you get, there's different things you can do to get superpowers. And a lot of the games are things that you do in a cooperating with some to achieve some kind of a mission. And, um, and, and I think that just goes right with what we've been talking about, that uh, 
you know, having that support system, doing things that can give you a sense of having superpowers, especially it's amazing what strengthening your confidence will do and how it'll impact every aspect of your life. And, you know, leveling up is, is about looking at where you are and appreciating where you are and loving what got you there. And then also having an eye on what's next. And so, so we don't get complacent and we can really step into the power that we have and that we can continue to unlock. Mm, great definition. And I can empathize with you. I have a house full of boys as well. We have five boys and they love to play video games as well. <laughs> That's fantastic. Five boys. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a definitely fun times around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> So where can our listeners find you? Oh, I would love for your listeners who want to connect to find me on Facebook at Ambition Leadership. It's its own Facebook page, and I post and interact with people regularly, and you can get just more suggestions and tips on things that you can do to become the person you want to be. Fantastic. Well, it's been a true pleasure having you on today's show, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And as always, anything mentioned, any links, any notes, those will all be over on the redtulip.com in the podcast section of our website. So just head on over there and take a look. If you haven't connected yet with me personally, I would love to meet you. Come find me on Instagram at theredtulip underscore and send me a DM. Let me know you listened to this episode and let me know what you thought. Or come to the Level Up Together Facebook page and say hello. I would love, love, love to hear from you. Thanks for being brave. Thanks for being amazing. And thanks for being you. I can't wait to chat next time.